2: You were listening to the Wes and Walker Show. I remember one recruiting victory that you did get. It's Wes. I know you remember my quarterback, Paul Troth, and he and I came up there to East Carolina for a visit. And Walker. Vance High School,
0: offensive lineman, big kid, (laughs) eventually went to Florida. (laughs) Do
2: you remember Wes Bryant out
0: of Vance High there, Coach? Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM
3: WFNZ.
4: If Florida had come along and that young man told me he wanted to come to East Carolina, I probably wouldn't take him because I think he was not very bright. Ah! <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> mm. All right, Peter Craig Mac, can All I, I get down? Queen City, can I get down today? What a fire track that was! Well, All Craig right. Mac, not
0: just flavor for in your ear. Oh, it's yes. not just flavor, and a lot of people will roll with that anytime they think about Craig Mac. And yeah. They sound a a lot alike, but I'll say this, with a lot of the hits that sound a lot alike, if they make you move, if one makes you move and then you copy and paste that to all the other songs in terms of feel, then you're going to be okay, and
2: we appreciate Craig Mack. And what made this song so dope, too, was both versions were absolutely fire. It's hard to choose between the two. That's the original version. The remix had Q-Tip on it, and it had one of those great uh those great beats i don't know if the Uma did it i don't know who which uh, jay dilla uh-huh. who but the remix is fire as well all um, right also real quickly belong to it wasn't he a
0: pastor at a South yeah Carolina he did church? that's why
2: he quit the uh industry man and went down there and so it was uh, definitely kind of a bizarre situation but he definitely gave his life to god and left puffy in the industry and all that wasn't it culty or am i wrong on it that it was i I think it was a little bit. All right, the Drum, can you do some Craig Mack research? <laughs> All right, Drum's on it. We'll figure Next it out. Next time I see Drum, I got to tell him how much he's still a part uh, of this <laughs> show. But we are back on the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Keep the text coming, 704 570 Ninety six ten. hit those social media follow buttons check out the content we got made a dope reel for you guys today on the wfnz twitter and instagram at weston walker on twitter at Bryant underscore 72 at walker mail and at htb underscore josh on twitter and instagram so you know what time it is let's go to the live wire and bring the electricity
5: mm-hmm.
0: On the there we go. The <laughs> they I, know you feel
4: this.
1: I was uh, hoping to have some audio from Frank Reich's press search today, but it appears that the hardworking uh, Aaron Shropshire mm. is too busy getting 7-Eleven Slurpees and chasing rats. I wanted to... <laughs> That is a reference
0: to a completely random text we got. I forget who it was from. It might have been just a random number. But the text we got was, hey, what happened to that skinny kid that used to be on the show? I think he got y'all Slurpees on 7-Eleven Day. So, mind you, that was over two months ago now. (laughs) Troppy is too busy doing the renaissance thing and cutting up audio where he's not usually on the show, but I love that text. Troppy is just fine for all those that are worried, and maybe we can get him on the show and get us some Slurpees or some bad milkshakes or whatever <laughs> the next time we have him on.
1: Uh, but anyway, we got a lot of great uh, audio from Frank Reich last night, including saying that even though they're 0-2 and 0-2 in the division, they are close and they got the players to turn this thing around
5: seen this before it's not that far away it looks bad um, but really I don't believe it's that far away you know we make a couple plays here and there and next thing you know you got 28 30 points uh, it just I know that's true I know we have the players and the coaches to do it I have zero doubt about that it's just we have to execute better on offense
1: did he call plays that can get them to the 28, 30-point threshold?
2: <laughs> well, the thing is, it's it's wild because football is so situational. When you think about the scenario they got put in where the fumble happened after they get a big play. So you look at that and say, well, maybe they could have scored here and then you might look at a couple of other scenarios where things didn't go the way that they needed to but I don't know if 28 to 30 points is the number that I would go to but Carolina definitely had some opportunities to make some things happen but they just weren't able to do it and so I think for a lot of fans they're going to be looking at Reich saying that man you must be out of your gourd because it looked so bad I don't think that they were necessarily a player or two away from 28 to 30 points but I definitely think there were some players or two away from having more points than what they did. I'm very interested in what they're going to do
0: week three with Bryce Young's first West Coast road trip in the NFL against Seattle and I think people are expecting Seattle to really take it to them and offensively they might but let's not forget last year they were one of the worst defensive teams in all of the NFL you know what they've done this year Wes they're second worst in the entire NFL in yards per game I wonder, with everybody on Twitter saying, hey, it's not going to be until Halloween that you see a victory from this Carolina Panthers team. Yeah, that might be true because I don't expect this offense to put up the kind of numbers that Seattle can with Geno Smith figuring it out after week one with having those wide receivers that you do. But honestly, maybe it's gotten so bad to the point where I'm not even asking for a win. I'm asking for 27. Like, deep shots. I want some of that. And if they lose, okay, I'd rather you not. But at least you look competent offensively. Seattle's defense is not great. They weren't great last year. They have not gotten off to a great start this season. Rams, Detroit, yes, strong offensive units. But we can go back to 2022. Maybe this is the game. Or maybe I'm just the insane person that is, you know, far, way too far gone and there is no elixir, there is no vaccination to cure me or anything like that and I just keep out holding hope for this Carolina Panthers offense.
2: Yeah, man, what a start for Bryce Young when you talk about playing divisional opponents, the first two teams out of the gate, then you gotta go to Seattle the 12th, man, we know how loud they are we know what they represent, and Geno Smith when you look at the numbers though, man he'll make you pay, it should be a really good game, he's been blitzed 24 times one of the most blitzed quarterbacks in the game but still completing 72 percent of his passes and he's got 20 completions of 10 plus yards man so that's going to be uh, a big matchup
1: back in the one o'clock hour we talked about play calling and whether it was time for frank reich to give up the play calling duties well here was frank saying how collaborative the offensive staff is in the process of putting together the game plan
5: i'm here talking to thomas i'm talking to parks frazier who's our past game coordinator And I'm talking to Camp and our own line coach. Those are the main guys. You know, so we're all collaborating, so everybody else feeds their information through those three guys. And then, you know, I'm talking to those three guys about, you know, finding out, hey, what's what's our next move? You know, we collaborate on that together in between series, sometimes in between plays, you know, sometimes thinking out two plays in advance, I'll be calling a play on first down and I'll say, Hey Thomas and Parks, be looking at third down. Let's just look at the third down options so we can talk about it when we get there.
2: I think that the 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 part at play here is that I, you want to hear a little bit more of the feel for the game. I know it's a collaborative effort, but you also feel like with Frank Reich, with his pedigree offensively, what he's brought to the table over the years too, that he should have a pretty good idea of what's ailing this offense. And so th- that's the part that I guess I don't hear there. That's intriguing to me is that, yes, I know it's a collaborative effort and the coaching staff, they, they work together, but I feel like Frank Reich should have a really good idea of what's going wrong here.
0: Yeah, I, I I completely agree. And when we're talking about just the play calling duties, I know a lot of people want Frank Reich to give it up right now, but we've got, we have two games with a rookie QB with an offensive line that is down both of its starting guards and wide receivers that – everybody was ranking at the bottom if you look at any national publication you mix all that together it's probably not going to look great for a lot of play callers out there and wes i just i i i'm too logical about it i can't get way too oh this is going to be the worst thing ever i respect jim caldwell too much i mean they've got to be asking jim caldwell what's going on do you think he's just hiding all of the secrets to overtake the job conspiracy <laughs> i don't think that's happening with jim caldwell anymore I think that they're picking his brain and he's giving them his information that he's accumulated over his NFL tenure. Same thing with Thomas Brown. Frank Reich talked to you about it with Nick Sirianni with the Indianapolis Colts where it's a collective effort. He's the one pulling the trigger on the plays in real time. And there is an art to that. Frank Reich actually verbatim told you play calling is an art. It has not looked great right now. But to me, there's too many bright offensive minds that I'm going to put what I've seen in years past. All those years with Caldwell, with Frank Reich, with even a Thomas Brown working with Sean McVay for so long. I'm going to put a lot of stock into that more so than just saying, "Okay, it's gone horribly wrong and say it's the play calling's fault rather than what we've seen with the offensive line and the wide receiver issues.
1: Two more things I want to get to really quickly. First off, how prevalent were the boos on TV last night?
2: What, what was it, was it oh, You could hear it, it a little bit and then the announcer spoke about it as well. I know Frank Reich talked about it post game as well. And he did, and
1: here's what he said about the booing that I did not partake in at Bank of America State.
5: I don't think that's brace. I mean that's that's on that's on me, that's on our team. So I don't like it. You know, I believe we want to give the fans. Wins and exciting, and exciting brand of football. That's our. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're planning on doing. It's a process, you know. We're two games into a seventeen-game season. Things haven't gone the way we wanted, but and nobody's throwing in the towel. And it's a long year.
1: Uh, they threw in the towel at halftime in the middle of the fourth quarter last night. Frank, I agree with Frank <laughs> though that it's not on Bryce Young. I know a lot
0: of people took it that way, saying, "Why are you booing your first overall QB just within the first two games?" I think Reich is correct in saying it was about the whole operation. I think Frank Reich is correct in saying it was about the entire offense. It's on us for not producing as a team. I don't think all of those boos were pointed towards specifically Bryce saying, oh, God, he's a bust. Why didn't we draft Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud? I did not interpret the boos that
2: way. Uh, Yeah, I'm with you as far as all of them. I thought there were definitely some contingents that were booing this i can confirm that. yeah i definitely oh, right so. specifically oh yeah, yeah okay. i, I okay, definitely think booze. so because the quarterback that's part of what comes with it man you're going to get a lot of the blame a lot of people still feel like he's too small or they should have taken a different guy or things of that nature so yeah you can bet your bottom dollar that a decent proportion uh the decent portion of those boos were for him
1: the last thing I want to get to in the live wire, no piece of sound, but no joke. All, all joking aside, uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. leaves the Hornets. He's now a member. I thought we
0: were about to hit something serious.
1: Right. <laughs> no, no, we are. Okay, and it appears he's going on the vet minimum. I, I know that is to be true. Mm-hmm. Walker, can you explain why that is? It was. A good thing for what he's going to be walking away for, that the Hornets are not bringing that guy back, giving what he brings to you as a bench score, something they now do not
0: have. Our debates about Kelly Oubre has made me feel like a hater, and I don't like it. I don't want to sip on the (laughs) haterade. I'm a Gatorade guy. I'm not a haterade guy. But with Kelly Oubre... It didn't make a lot of sense to bring him back when you draft Brandon Miller. I think after you draft somebody that's going to be at that small forward spot, Miles Bridges comes back, PJ Washington, who is a front court player. I think all of that spells Kelly Oubre probably leaving. And as much as I love the very aura that is Tsunami Poppy turned into Tsunami Father as he starts to mature a little bit this past season, that's a Doug Branson special, shout out to Doug. I just think... With him helping out in the locker room, that's going to be a real loss. This guy did give us all the energy and then some in the last 30 games when there wasn't a lot to play for. But on the court, you want to hear an amazing Kelly Oubre stat? Kelly Oubre in the past 27 games that he played with all those injuries did not record more than two assists in any single game. Bad shot makers That on the is, team. That is the Kelly Oubre experience. No, there is a place for it. I love it. I love it, but no more than two assists. Yeah, man. Uh, Look, I'm in here to get buckets. And bleep all y'all else who think I'm about to pass y'all this <laughs> basketball, okay? If I pass it to you, it's because I dropped it and it just dribbled over to you and then you shot it immediately. And that's the Kelly Oubre experience, but some fun memories along the way.
2: Yeah, man. Kelly Oubre never met a shot that he didn't like, so now he will be in Philly chucking up those shots, being tsunami father. When we come back on Sports <laughs> Radio 92.7 WFNZ, how much pressure should Scott Fitterer be feeling right now? That more on the Western Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7. Feels like the show has flown by. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Panthers fans letting us know how they feel about the matchup yesterday. Keep the text coming, 704-570-9610. Juan says on the text line, The problem with this roster is the roster. Okay, I guess that's a uh, pretty good way to say that. Also, 704-574 number says, I don't think Bryce is ready. I would have started Andy Dalton for two winnable games, especially the Saints. Dalton played with the Saints last year, was familiar with the defense, and probably knew the weaknesses better than Bryce could process two games into his NFL career. Uh, a couple of thoughts there. I feel like he could definitely share info with Bryce, and I'm sure that he did share info with Bryce, And I get the processing part. Maybe he could have come in and played better. And so that was an interesting question that was pondered last night. I was, I was thinking about that as well. And I knew people were going to say that. I mean, do you think that there's any chance that Bryce sits and they let Andy Dalton take over for a little bit? I don't, and I don't think that they should, but there's different schools of thought with things like that.
0: Man, with all of the preseason concerns that we had, we saw Andy Dalton throw an interception in his limited snaps, right? I don't expect Andy Dalton to, one, if the— Okay, so depending on how you shift the blame, Mm -hmm. do you think the play calling with Andy Dalton is going to be more dynamic? No, but maybe you could say he knows how fast NFL defenses are, and he's going to be able to throw it in the windows that you anticipate because they're a lot, uh, sh- a lot smaller than what the windows are in college. All right, so now we go to the offensive line. If you think that's the issue, is Andy Dalton going to be able to escape the pocket better than Bryce Young? All right, no. Well, maybe he can stand up in the pocket and you know get the ball out of his hands a little more quickly. Do you think the wide receivers are going to get separation for Andy Dalton more so than Bryce Young? I doubt that as well. I just think there's way too many ifs, ands, and buts to just expect Andy Dalton to be a better quarterback with this offense. And also, you drafted Bryce Young number one overall, and here we are talking about the pressure Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud might be applying. Think about how much pressure Bryce Young would have if he wasn't playing and Andy Dalton was starting. And these two guys were putting the performances they are right now. I know Anthony got hurt, but looked pretty good before he got hurt. And C.J. Stroud did throw for 380. No, they didn't win the game, but they're putting together some pretty nice offensive outputs there. Yeah, I'd still think we'd be having that conversation of those rookies applying pressure to your number one overall pick.
2: And so uh, that's an intriguing thought that you bring up when you talk about these Thanks, I read it off your topic last. <laughs> <laughs> if these <laughs> rookie quarterbacks are applying pressure on Bryce Young. And so when you look at things, C.J. Stroud is the most sacked quarterback in the NFL thus far. He's been sacked 11 times. He's been hurried 14 times, knocked down 8 times. But still, 64% completions. He's got 26 completions of 10-plus yards, 8 of 20-plus yards. Then you look at what Anthony Richardson was able to do in limited time. Now, this is a young man that certainly needs to learn how to get down and lay down because he has taken some shots and he's already been feeling the effects of that. I've seen him in one game laid out for an extended period of time and then he just got knocked out of the last game with a concussion. So There's been some promise, but there's also been some tribulations for him so far when you talk about the injuries that he's taken. But when you look at a guy like C.J. Stroud, which is We definitely had some Anthony Richardson conversations of being the number one pick. But C.J. Stroud was the guy that everybody felt like that it came down to. And when you look at the numbers that he's been able to put up, despite having an offensive line that's not ideal, despite not having a household name at wide receiver, is this really applying pressure to Bryce Young? Because listen to a couple of these. He has more passing yards. Than Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen higher completion percentage than Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence more completions than Justin Herbert and Tua and a higher passer rating than Matthew Stafford and Daniel Jones most pass attempts without an interception by any, any player this season he's playing really really good football how much do you think this is playing into the psyche of Carolina fans and just football pundits alike
0: I think there's maybe somewhat of a foundation of pressure right now because you want your number one overall quarterback to look like the best quarterback of any of the other rookies that were taken. And when we all set, this was part of the selling process too, right? It's that Bryce Young is the most NFL ready compared to any of the other first round picks and then any other quarterback in the draft. I saw somebody write on the text line a while back, what is Bryce Young's elite trait? He doesn't have any. That might be true as far as a physical standpoint. But Bryce Young's elite trait was his processing and his accuracy. It wasn't arm strength. It wasn't athleticism, even though I thought it was underrated. It wasn't any of that. It wasn't his height, certainly. But it was his processing and it was his accuracy. Those were the elite traits. And if we can't see that thrive right now, It's going to be tough when you watch Anthony Richardson run for three touchdowns in two games, not even two games, because he went out early in that Houston contest. And when Anthony Richardson throws for 223 yards, more than Bryce Young has in the first two games, even a touchdown pass, I guess Bryce has more. But CJ Stroud is throwing for close to 400, even if they're losing. Yeah, man. Like, I, I get why people are concerned. I am not yet. I'm not going to make a declaration as to Bryce being the worst QB out of these three after two games, right? That seems silly to me. Plus, we look at, you know, against Jacksonville, Anthony Richardson, they're, I mean, the Jacksonville's defense is okay. I guess they played well against Kansas City, but we know their offense is bad. Either way, it, without some of the wide receivers, I'm rambling. I apologize. Point is, I'm not really worried about it right now. Yeah, and
2: so when you look at the receiving cores of – both of these players, and you look at who is C.J. Stroud throwing to it. It's Nico Collins, Robert Woods, Tank Dale, who's uh, putting on a little bit. The numbers don't blow you away. Last game was good. Dalton yeah. Schultz definitely spent some money on him in free agency as well. And then you look at the coats, Michael Pittman, Josh Downs, Kylan Granson, Will Mallory, the tight end from Miami, covered him a bit. Uh, those are the top receivers. And Will Mallory only has uh, 49 yards receiving. But do either of these receiving cores strike you as being markedly better than what Carolina
0: has? Oh, uh, I think Nico Collins is really coming into his own. And you and I both like Tank Dell. You, by far, you know, the big <laughs> fan. But I did like Tank Dell. I would have been cool with him on the roster for sure the Colts they went out and they got Josh Downs and Michael Pittman's good. I you know we have our fun back and forth with him not helping your fantasy team. I saw Josh Norris talk about the Colts offense heading into the season, Shane Steichen using Richardson's athleticism. Loved that fit from the get go. I think all of us did coming from the Eagles organization. But also how sometimes the RPO offense using athleticism When you do pass, you'll funnel targets to one player in particular. And Michael Pittman's good enough to where you can do that, and he's been featured a lot. He's got as much of a target share, I think, outside of Puka Nakua, maybe Debo Samuel. He's right up there with those guys. So, yes, I think it's pretty clear to say... There are better weapons to throw to overall for those other younger QBs than there are here in Carolina with Bryce Young.
2: All right, well, let's hear from Lewis Riddick what he said last night about Carolina's quote-unquote rebuild and Bryce Young.
4: I think right now you see the good moments, okay? You see the ability to create outside of structure. You see the ability to pick up first downs with his legs when defenses turn their back and he's able to, you know, escape up through the middle of the pocket. And you see the ability to throw outside of structure, meaning out on the perimeter, and create like he did down on the goal line on the touchdown that Adam Thielen. And they realize that there's going to be some of these growing pains. There's going to be some of these moments where he goes up against uh, top-rate caliber defenses like the New Orleans Saints. And make no mistake about it, at the end of the year, The Saints will be a top five defense in every meaningful category. So don't get down on them because of what happened here tonight. They were still in it all the way to the end, albeit that last drive that they scored on. The Saints kind of let them just go ahead and take the ball down the field, letting receivers get out of bounds and not a lot lot of time coming off the clock. But Bryce is okay. You just have to be realistic about where they are at in their program build. And there's nothing right now to be discouraged about.
2: All right, so we just talked about the receiving core for the Colts, and the Texans. And so you heard what Lewis Riddick had to say as well, and he talked about it being a rebuild. But let's talk about a couple of these young receivers on the roster that should be helping this team right now. And I want to start first with Jonathan Mingo. We just talked about how Tank Dell, even though the numbers aren't jaw-dropping, 14 catches for 106 yards and a score. And so when you look at this Carolina Panthers team, And Jonathan Mingo, with what we heard from the preseason, saying that he was a gym rat, that he and Bryce already had great chemistry, and that he was going to be a big part of the offense this season. But now we look, five catches, 43 yards for him on the year. Do we feel like that this is a young man that's going to blossom as the season goes? How patient should fans be with Mingo when we see receivers coming in and making more and more of an impact? Uh, in their rookie season,
0: we had a debate about this earlier in the offseason. There are some receivers in the second round and beyond that can come in and go off. It's still an outlier situation if you get out of the first round. It can happen, but it's still pretty outlierish. Now, first round wide receivers, we've seen them come in quite a bit and perform right here, right now. We've talked about the impact of seven on seven. Just so many skilled guys on the outside. Zay Flowers probably going to be that guy, and they're just—I think he's just flat out their number one option right now. In, until Mark Andrews comes back, and then we'll see. But Zay looks like the real deal. He's a first rounder with John uh, with Mingo. I do think that it's okay to let him get his feet wet. There was some kind of project tab around him, right? Like we we did talk about him as not being crazy productive out of all Miss. And Jonathan Mingo can come in and we can give him some time, be a little patient. I thought he might hit the ground running to be honest with you. I did because I just didn't think the other receivers were athletic enough. But it's okay to give him some time. Maybe he'll start to run into the end zone instead of outside, <laughs> out of bounds from three yards out and catch the ball a little more. I You can see a lot of the things that are happening in, with him right now are learning stuff if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's not, oh man this guy doesn't have the ability. It's Running routes too deep, not running the right one, dropping the ball, running out of bounds. It, you know what I'm saying? It feels a little more immaturity issues right now because he hasn't played in the NFL that long, more so than it is ability issues with Jonathan Mingo.
2: Yeah, and so I think, too, you know, talk about putting pressure on different guys. We see Jordan Addison's also come in. He's already got a couple of touchdowns. Jaden Reed from the Packers, he's making an impact. Puka Nakua that you talked about as well. So there are some receivers in yeah. this class in addition to Tank Dale Marvin Mims there are some guys that are uh making a few plays here and then so with Mingo I definitely think it's going to be a little bit of time but when he gets out there and plays I get very quirky with the players I'm a huge eye test kind of guy and I feel like that when you looked at him at Ole Miss he looked so big and physical and he looked like a man amongst boys out there and it's like when he gets out there on the field now he looks like Another guy out there. He's got good size and things of that nature. But when he catches the ball, you don't necessarily see a, a ton special. But I'm going to hold out and reserve hope that he's going to uh, get better and better as the season goes along.
0: Well, no, and, and I think with the rookie receivers that get drafted outside of the first round that are contributing right away, it is happening more and more as you start to get to the last three or four years. You're, I mean, you're right to bring up Puka. I think to have Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford helping you out without Cooper Cup,
2: that is a perfect storm of opportunity.
0: But also, yeah, I'm not going to hate on 25 catches in two games. Yeah, and plus this wasn't a guy
2: nobody pointed to and said, oh, this rookie's going to be that guy. Like, he's come in and earned everything he's getting right now.
0: Yeah, 100%. I I even think, though, with Mingo and, and Puka puka is somebody that was established and was was he a leading receiver at byu late or in in all of college football was he was he up there with some of the better contributors i was trying to get the research team on all right drum drum (laughs) drum look at puka stats cool mingo didn't seem to be a project like puka right it's one of those things of okay do we value the guy that can help us right now or do we value the guy that mingo might have the higher ceiling and it could take a little longer Scott Fitter and company clearly went with the higher ceiling, and they've valued traits a lot more than other uh, front offices. Another conversation to have real quickly here, Wes, is speaking of valuing traits, DJ Johnson gets traded up to go get his traits, and and he's not not on the field. He's not on the field. Marquise Haynes is on IR, and DJ Johnson, who they talked about, Scott Fitterer spoke with Kyle Bailey and said, we think DJ can help right away. We think he can set the edge, even if he doesn't get after the pass for a ton his first season. He's getting healthy scratched with Marquise Haynes on IR. It's not a great sign for the third round pick.
2: No, and so we have a text that Brian said, still salty. We didn't double dip at wide receiver in this past draft. And so that leads into the next question, and then we'll go to the Fitty flash, but... TMJ, I feel like that's the reason they did not double dip at wide receiver because they probably felt like they have something there in Marshall, especially he flashed during the Wilkes era here and looked like a guy that could be a contributor going forward. We're not seeing that at all. He's not making much of an impact at all. Is it time to finally write off your guy, TMJ?
0: I can't quit wide receivers, and it's a real problem. (laughs) (laughs) That's a drop. I'm here to acknowledge it. I am I am the person at the WR meeting. Hi everyone, I'm Walker Mail, and I'm a receiver holic. <laughs> Hi Walker, thank you. My latest my latest relapse is about Terrace Marshall Jr. Yeah, I don't know why I can't. I mean, I can't give I, it up, huh? I know why I can't quit him because this is somebody that has a lot of ability, and we saw a little bit. That's the problem. They gave me a little taste. They gave you a little taste, man. They did with Sam Darnold. The second half of last season, TMJ was giving us something, and he's not playing many snaps at all. They're going to Thielen. They're going elsewhere. If this was a basketball conversation, I might be angry at the rotation.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We don't have a lot of rotation anger in football terms. Maybe it's time to start. I I don't know. I'm not willing to give up on him yet, and maybe that's a me problem. I'll accept it, but I just can't quit him yet. I need to see them put him on the field and him just be so bad that then I become the person that wants him off of the
2: field. Well, you already know uh, I was iffy on him coming into the season. The fact that he's not making much of an impact at all, it's time to go ahead and write him off, write the book, tear the pages out, burn him up, whatever it is that I'm you want to do. To I'm but clinging on to him. I'm clinging on to him as you try are stopping me to grab- as I try to go out the house to set them on fire. So uh, that's the Carolina skill guy talk right there. Tans Marshall Jr., Jonathan Mingo. We'll see if they end up contributing uh, as the season continues on. Well,
0: I just want one more text real quick. Okay. I feel like Bagel Guy, I don't know what's going on, man. I feel like Bagel Guy's been real angry. He's been real frustrated lately, and I get he it. He definitely
2: gives us some pushback.
0: He does. He said, Walker, please stop making excuses for Mingo. You got drafted in the second round. There's no one out there making plays. Mingo needs to step up. He's not even getting targets. I, okay, or. Man, I'm willing to admit that I hang on to receivers too long. <laughs> Yo, are we willing to do this after two games where I'm making excuses for the guy?
2: Yeah.
0: Like, no, he he's making right, mistakes. I didn't deny that. I'm just not going to say, all right, well, maybe they should
2: cut him. Yeah. Well, what he the hell are we really doing? Especially, Especially if you're still doing. here with TMJ. You guys should know Walker's going to. It's going to be a while before he throws in the towel on Mingo. Talk to me in 2027. All right. <laughs> Alright, Fiddy, last flash of the day, let's get it!
4: It's alright to be a little fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share, might as well smile. Life goes on for a little fitty.
1: Walker hangs on to wide receivers like I hold on to former lovers. All all two of them in my adult life. <laughs> <A> weird sentence. <laughs> How about some positive Panther news? Actually, some negative first. Shaq Thompson officially placed on IR. But Julius Peppers headlines the, uh, the first uh, headlines... A group of players that are eligible to be elected into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, along with Antonio Gates, Brandon Marshall, Jordy Nelson, not a Hall of Famer, uh, Jamal <laughs> Charles, <laughs> TJ Lang, Josh Sitton, Max Unger, okay. and Hello Nada. Just go back over all the things Pepper's accomplished really quickly. Three time All Pro, 2004, 2006, 2010, 159 and a half sacks, fourth most all time since the sack became an official stat in 1982 and he had 10 uh, seasons with double-digit sacks, only behind Bruce Smith and Reggie White. This has to be a no-brainer. When we get to Super Bowl week, we have to be expecting that Julius Peppers will be a Hall of Famer next August, correct? Yeah, I think so. I think there's no question Peppers should be in the Hall of
0: Fame. Top five all-time sacks, as you mentioned, with some of the accolades, my favorite one that you've heard me repeat quite some time. It's my favorite brain-melting fact. Julius Peppers all decade team for two decades yeah man (laughs) 2000s all decade team 2010s all decade team that's it that's a mic drop if i have ever heard it about being a first ballot hall of famer bonkers stat about Julius Peppers
2: yeah Peppers one of my all time favorite players so I definitely think he stands a good chance to get in and when we come back we're gonna close this thing down on sports radio 92.7 WFNZ
0: through it, folks. Final segment of Weston Walker right here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Overall, how do we think the show went in
2: terms of mood? in terms of how people were feeling on the text line? I think we brought the energy. I think it's definitely not a positive mood around this organization, but I think that we brought some energy to it, at least gave it a little juice. I think we tried to give it a little juice today. Yeah, we did. I think we did a good
0: job. What do you think, Dynamic Producer Josh Fiddy Marlowe? Is there enough juice for you?
1: I mean, the good news is is we've gotten pretty good at talking about losing football around here. We have. It's a good point. <laughs> when you
0: get a lot of practice, then we should be decent about talking losing football.
1: And the good news yeah. is is that, yeah, you're 0 owing- and You're zero and two in the division. We still got 15 more weeks, and it's—is that a good or a bad thing? It can't get worse than <laughs> this. Ooh, right? It can, yeah, it, it can, because because if it can, I mean, Chris Chris McLean's heart might explode. Yeah, I'm not going to be great either, to be honest with you. <laughs> I,
0: I want it so badly to get a lot better. It, yeah, and I'm already talking myself into the offensive breakout happening against Seattle in week three. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what's crazy man you believe it i don't know if it's because panther Fitties is just like making a mini comeback mm-hmm. do i think they're gonna win on sunday probably not it's a tough place to go play they're not gonna look that bad on sunday so the
0: defense for seattle i saw somebody tweet that yeah it their act their rushing defense is a lot better than what they were last year but they're allowing a lot of passing yards right now which is partly because Detroit, they're going to pass the ball a lot, and so are the Rams. And the Rams' offense is a lot better than we expected. And
2: plus, Seattle's going to score, man. you got to be on yeah. your P's and Q's to keep up with them. Yeah, that's
0: why I don't think they're going to win. I mean, I'm not going to say that they're going to win that game. I do think that they can put up some points, hopefully. This one will hit a little different, right? Because the defenses that you played in the first two weeks, especially New Orleans. Atlanta, I don't know how great they're going to be. Defensively, they got a couple of guys that I think highly of in Jesse Bates. We, we've done that already. But the Saints defense, they're old, but they're still good. Oh, they, they're good. They're not aging, okay? And that was one thing I was holding on to, but they did not age. Demario Davis was fantastic. Cameron Jordan still getting after it. Granderson got the sack, as you mentioned. It, yeah, it was tough. That, that's a tough defense. Um, I do like hearing Panther Fitty, though. Because maybe it's him just catching the maybe catching what was a positive mood at first at Bank of America Stadium. I don't know. I know a lot of people were booing our quarterback and Bryce Young. People were booing the Panthers' offense in general. But, Fitty, you and Papa Fitty had a good time last they night. They did. Yeah. And you posted a photo on social media.
1: <laughs> Against and, his wishes. Oh, he, he hated it. Oh, yeah. Um, my father, not one for the photos. I told him we were walking in the stadium. I'm like, Dad, when we get in, we, can we take a picture? He's like, <gasps> why? <laughs> Did he? Oh, yeah, he's. He great. hated it. And He was like, why do you want to take a photo? And I was like, we know, Anth- Flounder <laughs> never wants to take photos when we, when we go any places. And I want to document my football experiences. He was like, yeah, we'll take a photo. But then he didn't want to take a body shot. So we just took, like, you know, the headshot. And because I've got T-Rex arms like Brady Christensen, I don't get the good (laughs) selfie angle like some of these other people. Well,
0: no, and just to be clear, I loved this photo that was taken. We got to see it on Twitter. Go follow Josh on Twitter, at HTV underscore Josh, and go look up the photo of Fiddy and Papa Fitty. And it wasn't because of anything bad that happened. It wasn't because of the way you took the picture, T-Rex, Brady Christensen arms. It wasn't anything (laughs) like that. It was your dad looking younger than we thought. Wes, you and I both thought he looked younger than, I guess, what we had pictured in our heads. We
2: definitely did.
0: Also, your dad bringing the chain game. (laughs) (laughs) Very playa. That was excellent. That was very playa. (laughs) I had no clue that was going to happen. But playa fitty is fitty's pops. Yeah. That's the Fiddy to me. I don't think he's saying the same self deprecating I ain't got no game jokes like Fiddy. That dude, he showed up ready to impress.
2: Yeah, and Fiddy looks like him and too. He looks like in the words of Stephen A. Smith, he looks like a rough rider. Like he oh, could have been a wrestler such a good word. in his uh previous day. I told her uh, I felt a little stone cold Steve Austin vibes he from so. Fiddy's dad. Like he takes no mess.
0: He is Two Bud Lights being pounded and crushed from being Steve (laughs) Stone called Steve Austin himself. Yeah. If he does that, then people are going to mistake him for a wrestler. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, The Black Tea.
2: That's what I'm saying. I'm, the vibes, know, like, I, the vibes are so real. Yeah, the vibes there. are. Don't mess with me or my son.
0: I, I was, well, I was looking at that and I wondered just how many other people thought the same thing. I wanted to know what your thoughts on it were, and I'm glad we're talking about it to see if I'm just look like City's big brother. It did. That's a compliment to him. No, it's
1: not. what's a compliment to him and no, not, no, it, it to no, him, an insult to me. No, damn it.
0: Nope, nope. <laughs> it is a compliment to you, and here's another compliment for you, as far as your dad is concerned. If you grow up to look like that, you shave the head.
2: You bring out the chain, you wear the black tee, you kinda meet. I think if Kitty went with those vibes, man, the the fortunes (laughs) might change with the (laughs) winner. M Dog. I I agree.
0: (laughs) I agree. Yeah, you know, M Dog wrote in something on the text line I'm just gonna stay away from, but (laughs) there have been more than one comment in that same neighborhood from people that have seen the photo I've talked to as well. Yeah, man. I like it. That's all I'm gonna say. Papa fitty. All right. It seems like sometimes the apple does fall far from the tree. (laughs) The
1: only only downfall from yesterday was uh, I took him to check's. That was our pregame meal. Oh, no. He doesn't like it. And now my dad, more of a breaded wing guy. Mm. He got the honey hot, hot honey. He liked the sauce, doesn't like the chicken. And the oh, I think I think we got the owner that took our order. This man was selling us on the strawberry hot, and we just weren't
2: feeling. That's Walker's flavor. flavor. That's Walker's flavor, man.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm trying to tell you, strawberry hot. It's real. And if he does like the double breading, the breading, you got to go to Soul. Uh, what it's Soul, right? Yeah, just go there and yeah so he'd like those if he likes a breaded is wing is it meat company is that what it is soul food meat company you, yes. soul food meat company you should go there at those wings i'm sure player papa fitty is going to love it Play that'll do it for walker keep it right here willie p gonna be joining you to talk about the panthers loss last night it's all coming up next on sports radio 92 7 wfnz and
5: are making mornings better